0: Hello and welcome to the vlogging pod. Tonight we are joined by the author of Death Quest, Jay Palmer. (laughs) Welcome Jay to the room.
1: Thank you.
0: My pleasure. I am gonna turn my speakers up so I can get you a little louder here. All right, there. Now, get you a little louder on the speaker. Okay, so as usual, I like to do a little bit of research. Um, The day before, okay, that didn't work right. (laughs) Hold on a sec. Tried to start my timer, and now it's not working. Oh, no. (laughs) There we go. I think we got it. Hold on. Okay, I think it's going to count down. You can tell that this is a new toy. Okay, it's counting down. There we go. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) All right. Um, I used to just do it with my phone, but it's just a little easier, and I like for it to show on the camera when it's up there. So. Anyway, so like I said, I do a little bit of research on all the authors. I like to do it the day before um, so that I'm just as you know fresh with your knowledge as I can be at the things that I can find on you. So what I want to start off by talking about is, I believe it's the SCA, Society of Creative um, An- Society
1: for Anachronism.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> and... I hear that you are a knight. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how that came about?
1: Well, let's see. I put on 60 pounds of armor and went out and beat the crap out of people until they made me a knight.
0: It's pretty
1: straight up. <laughs> a lot of the, the, the Renaissance fairs that happen all over the country,
0: Yes. they're the
1: ones who put it on they can nice. walk into the or, or into a uh, media, or park state park in the middle of nowhere and turn it into a medieval village in a couple of hours
0: wow
1: and it's, it's it's it was a lot of fun um it's not going because of covid obviously it's not going so great right now but nothing is no and yo no. uh, yeah, why uh have chainmail and and we used rattan swords that's like a very solid bamboo because if you you're fighting with oak swords and it snaps you get a sharp point bamboo swords will eventually pulverize into a powder and you just have to replace them
0: oh, wow
1: it's like getting hit with a small baseball bat
0: <laughs> okay my first question for that is how much do you feel through the armor
1: you feel a considerable amount, but uh, there you're, you're fighting against other people one-on-one. It's a very different type of scenario versus when you're doing a, a war combat, and we do have those, but um, you, it takes about six months for your body to acclimate to any new sport, whether you do swimming or mountain climbing or you know, whatever you're doing. And it takes a while for your body to get used to taking that kind of punishment. Right. Go
0: ahead, I, I didn't need to
1: interrupt. <laughs> 63, and I kind of had to start, stop that after a car accident. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed going out and doing competition martial arts in full suits of armor. You, you're, One, say,
0: you, you're saying you did martial arts in a
1: whole set of armor? Yeah. We wore full suits of armor and fought with no holds barred. Oh,
0: wow.
1: If you, you want to go to SCA.org, you can look at their websites to see all kinds. You know, you know Google S- Society for Greater Anachronism or just SCA fighting. You'll see thousands of videos out there.
0: Right. So since we're talking about you being knighted in the SCA, Um, how would you say being a knight has helped your writing process?
1: Well, um, it helped immensely when I'm writing, uh, fighting or, or sword work, because I know so much more than most people do about what it is to be wearing a suit of armor, what you can do, what you can't do, um, how long you can keep going. I mean, now, I, I'm a huge Tolkien fan, probably none better, and I, I don't want to criticize, but I would not have Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli running, you know, 14 days across the fields of Rohan in full armor with almost no supplies. It's just... <laughs> normal people cannot do this.
0: I have watched that movie several times, though, so I get the gist of that.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Um, so... you so- know.
1: Go ahead. Learning learning how to, how to, a lot of my books, I, I you know, have the, the new person who wants to learn how to do sword work and an expert teaching them. And it goes into great detail about, you know, how you have to, you know, you're basically moving your body and how you're, you know, it differs for what weapon you're carrying or where you're fighting. You know, if you're fighting in a tunnel or you're fighting inside a castle, different strategies apply, so... And, and this is this is how that helped my fighting.
0: Well, I think that would be very interesting. I think having an intimate knowledge of how to hold the sword and proper, whatever particular martial art you're using on the field would be very handy in writing a fight scene. So you would actually know how to place things and move things. So I could see where that would be very helpful. Um, I so- Go I, ahead. I,
1: you know where where they're targeting, you know, all sorts of little things like that that you don't think about until you've actually done it.
0: Right. So let's talk Vikings. Tell us about the trilogy and how it started for you. I mean, since we're talking about your writing, let's go right into the trilogy.
1: Okay. Uh, My first trilogy, the Vikings trilogy, actually started decades ago and the concept i always try to look for something that other authors really haven't covered that much and in the vikings trilogy the 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 big question was if you really believed in order to die and go to valhalla didn't matter whether you were good didn't matter if you were bad didn't matter if you were a liar or a cheat or whatever what mattered is you had to die gloriously with a sword in your hand you really wouldn't leave your death to chance you would plan your death you you know this is this is your only chance to go and if you you know walk off the battlefield and then get sick and die in a a bed you don't get to go there so the idea that you have to die gloriously fighting my main character um he's really nice guy he's been the uh the personal champion of the King of Norway for most of his life. But he's turning 45 and his fighting skills are starting to go downhill. So he wants to go to Valhalla now while he's still in his fighting prime. So he's out going, doing every trick he can to try to you know, get people to, to, to want to kill him. And his Christian companions are just trying not to get killed.
0: That's a lot. I mean, it's it's really interesting because nowadays we look at what the new fifty as the at fifty as the new thirty, <laughs> or maybe I'm projecting that since fifty's around the corner for me. <laughs> so hearing a character at forty five thinking that basically their life is over. I mean that that is it's a lo- whole other atmosphere to take in. It's a whole other lifetime ago. Do you find it hard to write um, from a history place like that, and back in the history to buy in that time?
1: No, because I do all the research I possibly can. I can virtually quote the the Prose Edda, the Eldar Edda. I've worked on real Viking ships, rebuilding one. Um, I've, you know help i've made norse a-frame tents i've pretty much done it all so i know exactly what i'm talking about so when i'm writing i can put people into the world with things they normally wouldn't know okay you know all all the boards the deck of a viking ship was removable because that they had all their their gear stored underneath it you know you don't know that you've actually been on a viking ship
0: nice no i wouldn't have not known that (laughs) but that is very interesting um So, when I was doing some research on you, um, I found that you made a very interesting point. Would you mind if I quote you? Go
1: ahead.
0: Okay. Um, Everyone has a specific writing style, but I think that we're too close to it. Really, to really examine it, would you care to elaborate to our listeners on what you meant by that?
1: Well, first, I'm not sure where you got that from, but um, I I have a lot of blogs and stuff on my site, probably one of those. Um, Everybody has a specific writing style as they're trying to get information across, but how they choose to get that information across varies widely. If you give the same story idea to 50 people and have them go write a story based upon it, you're going to get 50 totally different stories back. You know, some people um, I try for very deep, very intense uh, character creation. That's my big thing. Other people want, want to create the world like, like the Harry Potter world, or, you know, some people are are right into the action and other people are, are trying to, you know, describe the scene, you know, the, the what the room looks like, what what the what's on the mantle, what's what books are on the bookshelf, and each of, each person can tell a great story, but they always tell it in their way, and I think that tells you a lot about the writer.
0: Okay, so. If you were asked, what is your writing style? Do you think at this time, and by the way, the the article was from 2018, if that helps you. You you actually elaborated a little bit more, but I just took a piece of it because I wanted to have you reiterate that into the interview. Um, But do you think after all this time, since it's 2021, do you think your time from that interview in 2018 is different now? Do you think you could articulate more about where you believe your writing style is? Well,
1: I think that it's hard to judge your own writing style because you're too close to it. Um, But, uh, you know, I I would hope that, you know, everybody is, you know, self-aware enough to know that there are unique qualities of their own writing style and what it is. Right.
0: Okay. So you're pretty much on the same page as you were in 2018, that you think we're too close to it to recognize what our own style really is. I can understand that okay so, you so. go you ahead everybody
1: has an opinion and everybody's right yeah. you know, if, if somebody else has the opinion that you use way too much dialogue and somebody says you don't use enough for them <laughs>
0: they're yeah. Right. uh yeah I, well i think one important thing is is and this is just my own i'm not going to put words in your mouth i think but my own important thing is for me as a writer um, is write for yourself first. And then if it intrigues others to read, then more the success to you.
1: I, I would agree with that. Um, one of the tricks that I do, sometimes it goes into the book, sometimes it doesn't. But, but I will sit down and write an argument for my main characters between them because nothing really differentiates characters as writing an argument. I want to get them to have a unique personality before I start to write. Enough that if you put two of the characters into the same scene, with the same thing happening to both of them, they're both going to react in different ways. Right. Once once you've done that, you're... Your characters pretty much usually take over my story. I have no idea how my stories are going to end.
0: <laughs> I, I Actually, I'm a lot like that, too. I don't write the ending of my stories. I find it intriguing for me to, to do it as right. So that we have in common. Um, but since we're talking about your characters, I have a question here for you. Um, one thing I found very interesting about you was that you said from this interview in 2018 Um, You said that all your characters originated from yourself. Would you care to tell us more how that came to be?
1: Oh, um, My past isn't really a a typical happy childhood situation. Mm -hmm. I was one Mm -hmm. of the first Ritalin kids. Uh, They put massive doses of amphetamines when I was six years old. And that would, doses that would be illegal today. Doctors would go to jail for that. And we were basically in a, a medical experiment that failed. They tried it out on thousands of us kids. And uh, so I grew up from six to 16, a burned out speed freak. Uh. And um, by the time I really started grasping the world around me, I was already more older, if not more mature. And I think I was able to see things a little, from a different point of view, at least. And you kind of learn things about yourself when you're like, well, why Why was I this person? Because, you know, I, I had hallucinations, all kinds of stuff while I was growing up. You know, I have memories that I've been told by my family never happened. So, don't know. But, I try to think about things that happened to me and most of my characters have have at least one of those things which have happened to me in them because that's where the emotion comes from. Right. That's where the realism comes from. And if they're not real to you, they're never going to be real to your readers.
0: Mm. I can understand that. I think you... From what i'm getting from what you're saying you've taken um some difficult moments in your life and you've honed them in a way to create some very well-rounded and probably a little dramatic as far as their issues that they went through into your characters correct
1: that's
0: correct awesome okay so since we're right in on the writing and coming from the characters um I believe that I read that you wrote software for over 20 years. Am I correct?
1: Well, uh, my degrees in computer programming, and I was a computer programmer. And then I got a job as a, I, I got to switch over to the technical writing group. And I got to practice writing and get paid really well for it every nice. day. So.
0: Nice. So how would you say writing in that type of field? compares to now writing as an
1: author oh writing in technical writing Mm -hmm. is boring
0: (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) and they pay you to write it your their way so remember when a company hires a technical writer to write their their instructions for how to use something they want to not get sued. So your instructions are the, hey, if you follow this, this wouldn't have happened, so you can't sue us. Right. You're writing to teach other people how to use it. You're writing to protect the company from if you use it wrong.
0: Got you. But I'm sure that writing in the sense for the software probably helped you more finesse it as in grammatical so that's probably not a big issue for you now writing fiction
1: yes that is that is very true i got to practice writing every day but um when i started out and decided i wanted to write my first book i literally carried around a copy of Strunk and whites the elements of style in my back pocket for months and i read it and reread it and reread it till i had it virtually memorized and that's that was all it took so i mo- write mostly write my first drafts in notepad because I don't want people telling me my grammar's wrong or my spelling's wrong or anything like that. That's editing. I'll get to that after the whole thing is, is... When I get to the end, then I'll worry about that stuff.
0: Right. Right. I can understand that. Um, so we've only got a couple more minutes. But for one of my final questions here, um, I'd like to ask you to tell us something monumental about your life that we may not know from you as an author. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. Okay. My girlfriend and I have been doing ballroom dancing for 19 years straight.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And we go dancing whenever we can. In fact, several times over the last two years, we've actually most of the dances have been shut down. We've rented a hall and just, you know, everybody divided up the cost between us and had like four or five couples come and do a dance. And just, just so that we could get back into dancing because it's just so much fun. Oh,
0: that's, it's it's all. That's awesome. Did you, did you take training for it or? Oh, and how long did that take for you?
1: Well, it's not a question of how long it takes because, you know, you get to, you know, the, you learn the basics and you learn the advanced part then you, you know, start building yourself up a, as a, a dancer because you don't just go in and do the basic steps and you become a great dancer. You have to embellish upon them. So right, you, it's just something that, that comes with time and it will come with time, you know, I... I love people in my dance community, but you don't have to be a rocket science to learn left from right. So it's it's (laughs) not.
0: You obviously have never seen me dance. (laughs)
1: So really good dancing is being able to cover it up when you make a mistake. Oh, I meant to do that. See how good it is.
0: (laughs) I get you.
1: Once you're at that point, you know, and as long as you end with a big flourish, you're fine. (laughs) All people remember is your last move, anyway.
0: <laughs> okay, I, our beeper went off, but I am curious. Have you, when you you talk about ballroom dancing, have you ever competed?
1: Uh, no, we've decided that that we don't want to do the competitions. Ah. We're we're you know, obviously nineteen years. We do. We've done demos. We've done. You know, at at her uh, high school reunion, we went there and and did a performance for them. And it wasn't like we practiced or anything for it. We just, it's what we do every night. So.
0: Well, that's awesome. I want to thank you so much, Jay, for being on my program. It was really a delight. Um, I want to thank our listeners. Once again, I appreciate you guys so much for coming in every night and listening and checking out the, um, the feeds on the other, Uh, platforms. I'm getting tongue-tied talking, (laughs) but I had such a joy doing this. Thank you again, Jay, for being on our program tonight.
1: If you'd like to see my books, they're on my website at jpalmerbooks.com.
0: Wonderful. I will make sure I add that to your bio. Everyone have a great night. It was wonderful being able to be with you. Bye-bye for now.